0: I remember when I was about 10 years old, um, and it was Christmas Eve, and I was so very excited, and I was trying to distract my mum so that she lost sight of the clock, right? Like, I was trying to, like, say, oh, look at that, and maybe we could do this, and trying to distract her so she would lose sight of the time in an effort to stay up later past my bedtime. Has anyone ever done that? You kids think you've got all the tricks. We've been playing those tricks since ages ago, all right? I remember playing that trick because my hope was that I could stay up late enough to see Santa. I, I-, I hoped that I would be sitting on the couch and it would got got to Christmas time and Santa would come in and I'd be there on the couch and I'd be like, ha, 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 put down the sack and back away slowly, weird bearded man. He'd be like, these presents aren't for you. I'd be like, they are now. And I remember on Christmas Eve, lying up in my bed, like nervous with excitement. Like, oh my goodness. Like the sooner I can fall asleep, the sooner I can wake up and open my presents. But that very thought keeps you awake, right? It's like the worst. Like you just want to go to sleep, but you can't figure it out. And I remember just being so nervous with excitement. Like, what was I going to get? Was it going to be a new rugby ball? Was it going to be a new bike? Maybe like a new school bag with my favorite superhero on it. I was so excited. And my eyes finally opened on that glorious Christmas morning. I sprung out of bed, I ran, I long jumped the entire staircase, did an army roll at the bottom and locked eyes with that beautiful Christmas tree. I'm pushing my brothers aside like it's not about you today, it's me. And, 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 you know, you're looking, but you're like nervous and you're anxious. You're just waiting for the go from your parents. And the time came when I was finally allowed to open up a present. And I remember picking up this one particular present that was from my mum, and my mind started racing. Oh, it could be anything. Like, I was so excited. And I started ripping up off like, all the, the wrapping paper and just chucking it in the air to reveal what I had for my mum. And I realized she gave me a sewing kit. Yeah, you're laughing. I wasn't. A sewing kit. I was a 10 year old boy, and I got a sewing kit. Now, the thing is, there's nothing wrong with 10-year-old boys who want to sew. I just wasn't one of those 10-year-old boys. I knew I was going to get presents that day, but it completely took me by surprise as to what I actually got. That's not what I expected to get. I remember thinking, man, if my mom had only actually thought about what I wanted, if she'd actually considered what I needed and put some planning into it, I wouldn't be here in this position today. I remember feeling so disappointed. You know, that Christmas— I was absolutely certain that I was going to get presents. I knew it. It was a fact. According to me, I was definitely getting presents, but what I ended up getting came as a surprise. There was both certainty and surprise that day. Certainty and surprise. See, it's one thing to give gifts, so to get gifts, it's another to give them. And, And young people, I know this might not make any sense whatsoever, but when you get older, you'll realize it's actually more fun to give the gifts than it is to receive them. It's more fun to get a gift. Like you go to the shop and you buy something and and you think of the person you're gonna give it to. And you find the perfect item and you you think about what it's gonna be like when they get to open it. The joy that's gonna be on their face. You anticipate watching them unwrap this gift on that beautiful day. And I love the times, it's rare, it's few and far between, when I'm really planned on my gift giving. Like I've well thought out what it is I'm gonna give to someone and then I finally get to give the gift to the person that I bought it for. You know, before Darcy and I um, got engaged, we, had, we started dating and we had spoken about getting married one day. And it got to the point where we felt like God was on that. We'd got peace from him and confirmation from those around us. And it had become a certainty in our life. Like We were, we were certain we were going to get married, but the timing of that whole situation was still a little more uncertain. I really wanted my proposal to Darcy to be a secret because here's the thing about Darcy. If you know her, you're not surprised. She was always one step ahead of me. She was always like, so when are you going to ask me out? So when are you going to kiss me? She said that. <laughs> Pastor Darcy. And I said, when the Lord leads, <laughs> brethren. After we got married. Losing <laughs> my train of thought. Okay, we're good. She was, she was, she was always one step ahead of me. And so um, at the time that I knew that I wanted to propose, Darcy was in America, right? And like it was a real, we'd really met in real life before that. And so it was a real relationship. And um, I, I knew I wanted it to be a surprise. So, so what I did is I called ahead to her boss and I moved her scheduled holiday. To a different time, and then I started to plan my surprise proposal. Um, I, I called ahead and I booked that holiday for a different time. I bought the ring, the engagement ring, I picked it up. Oh, so shiny, so blingy, and I started paying it off with every paycheck that I had. Like week after week, I'd pay a little bit off until it was all paid off. I, I booked my flights to go over at this new holiday time, a time that her boss knew about, but Darcy didn't know about. I organized with some of her friends to, to fly in or drive into the city she was staying to have this big, exciting day where they would go from thing to thing. Thing with different design, like clue cards and stuff like that. It was kind of like a big, giant, amazing race. And just when she thought the day couldn't get any better, there I was. <laughs> in the middle of some random forest in Massachusetts, big circle of roses down on one knee, and I'm pretty sure I heard a yes, so I claimed it and we moved right along. <laughs> that was a very special day. And there was something really exciting for me as the giver of the gift to be thinking in advance as to how she would receive it. Getting engaged wasn't a surprise to her. She, she knew that would happen. We, we discussed that. But the way that it would fold out and the timing of it didn't come as she expected. See, the perfect Christmas day, I reckon, is the perfect balance between certainty and surprise. It's gotta have both. It's gotta have certainty and surprise. See, we plan the Christmas lunch, don't we? we invite all the family around. We think about the decorations, the Spotify playlist. We make sure everything's organized and planned. All our ducks are in a row so that everything goes smoothly. And yet right next to that is this other element that makes Christmas so special. It's the surprise. It's wondering when Uncle Barry's gonna hurt himself again this year, you know? <laughs> At what point in the day? You know, knowing that gifts are coming brings certainty, that beautiful element of surprise of unwrapping them to see how good Santa has been to you that year, that's the element of surprise. And you know, if everything was planned and nothing was a surprise, it would be boring. And if everything was a surprise and nothing was planned, that would be chaotic and stressful when all the parents said, amen. But the right balance, ooh, that's the perfect Christmas day. And you know, God, the God we talk about, the God Darcy spoke about, the God of the Bible is the greatest gift giver that the world has ever seen. I'm gonna claim a close second, but but all throughout, the Old, <laughs> all throughout the Old Testament, which is like the first chunk of the Bible before Jesus, he made promise after promise after promise that one day he would give the, the world a great gift and it would come in the way of a Messiah. Now, the word Messiah is just a word from the Hebrew language, which means the anointed one which means he would be chosen and set apart for a particular purpose. So so God's making promise after promise after promise that one day this gift would come. And in fact, it was way back in the year 750 BC that a man named Isaiah, everyone say Isaiah. Isaiah. 750 years before Jesus, the time of Jesus, Isaiah is a prophet, which means he's kind of like a mouthpiece from God. He delivers messages to people. He delivers encouragements and warnings on behalf of God. And he shares these words in the book of Isaiah to let people know about this gift that is coming. He says, for us, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. This is some pretty cool titles. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor, David, for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. See, just like Darcy and our engagement, she knew it would happen, but she didn't know exactly what it would look like and what the timing would be. So God got on to his Christmas shopping that year really early. We're talking 750 years before the time. Like he's organized. And people heard these words, they, They heard those words from the prophet Isaiah and you know what they started to do? They started to formulate in their mind an idea of what it was that God was gonna do. They heard that he would be called mighty God, that he would be called prince of peace, that he would rule with fairness and justice. And this painted a picture for them that he would be a strong and noble character, that he would be a war general, able to lead the Israelites to victory. He would be in a position where the government revered him and held him in highest honor. See, they knew the Messiah was coming, it was certain, but yet they were in for a really big surprise. People were fixated on the ideas that they had come up with, that they missed what God was doing right in front of them. See, they come up with their own ideas about God that got in the way of God's ideas about God. And don't we often do that? We formulate our own ideas on what God is like. Maybe it's from the movies that we watch. Maybe parts of the different stories that people have told us. Maybe like our own, our own desires, our own ideals of what God would be like. And we make this picture in our mind of what God is like when really he's the one that made us. But God isn't just an idea or a concept. God is very real. And God is alive. And there are things that God is and there are things that God is not. And one of the most beautiful expressions that we know of the God of the Bible is the way that he delivered this long-planned gift. It was a gift that he started preparing with you in mind. Like like he couldn't wait to come through on his promise because the thought of how it would transform your life filled his heart with joy. It was on that very first Christmas day that the savior of the world was born. Not into a palace as expected, but into a stable not out of reach where it was too high for you to attain, but right down in the messiness of humanity. It was absolutely certain that God would make a way for you and I to be reconnected back with him. But this first Christmas day also had the element of surprise. The gift was given, but not as people expected it. You know what I've come to know about God? It's that God is certainly surprising. And at the same time, he's surprisingly certain. There are elements of his character that we discover as we develop our relationship with him, and there's surprises around every corner, and yet amidst all of that, we can be so confident and sure in who he is. He brings both surprise and certainty to our life. You know, when you have a relationship with God, you can be certain of a few things. You can be certain that He's faithful on His promises. That when you read the promises of God, these aren't just words that are empty words. Maybe other people have let you down in your life. Maybe parents, maybe siblings, maybe friends. You need to know today that God will never let you down. He is faithful on His promises, He is a love that never fails. Again, maybe others have let you down in the way of love. You need to know today that God's love never fails. It will chase after you. It will go after you. His arms will be open the whole time saying, come home, come home, come home. You can be certain that that will always be God's attitude towards you. You need to know that the God who made you is a God who can be trusted. If he said it, he meant it. He's on your side and he has purpose for your life. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. The Bible says he's always the same. Sounds boring, but let me tell you what that means for you and I it means that he's the same at all times so we can have confidence in the consistency of his character. We don't need to wonder like, is is today a good day to approach God? Is he gonna be angry at me today and, and happy with me tomorrow? No, he is the same. He is overwhelmed with pure love and joy when he thinks of you as his child. He was always, always, always gonna make a way to connect us back with God and for us to be forgiven and find the fullness of life. It's a free gift that came not as you wanted it, but exactly as you needed it. So there's certainty when we, when we know God in our life like a friend. But there's also surprise. What's the surprise? The surprise is a grace that we didn't deserve. The surprise is a forgiveness that we couldn't earn. It's a life of purpose and adventure, a goodness that is beyond anything else that we could ever know. Keys, you can join me. I'm gonna finish finishing in a few minutes. But you know what I reckon? I reckon that very first Christmas day was the perfect Christmas day. It was a day that had the beautiful elements of certainty. Like there was a plan that had worked out all to come together on one day, and yet there was the element of surprise which makes Christmas so magical. It was one of foresight and certainty and yet one of surprise and wonder. You know, the main thing I think of when it comes to Christmas day is that the day itself is just a culmination. It's like a final result of a really long lead-in. And I know how it is for, for Christmas Day itself. Families work so hard to get the day ready. It's kind of like a wedding day. So much foresight, so much planning, so much thought going into what it would be like, all to come into play on one particular day. I'm not sure if you've ever heard this before, but God, who is was like a father in heaven, he sent his one and only son, Jesus to take upon Himself the punishment that our sin deserved. Now that punishment was set in place and it couldn't be changed because remember, God is a God of justice and He doesn't change. He doesn't change His mind. He's not fickle, He's not fleeting. He's consistent and He's trustworthy and He's the same. And the Bible says that the cost for the sin in our life, sin just the things that we do that are against God's best for our life, We choose to go our own way and say, maybe I know better than God, but Bible labels that sort of thing as sin. And and the cost for that sin in your life and in my life is death. It's spiritual death. It's disconnect from the God who made us. But God sent His Son, Jesus, Bible says, who knew no sin. So He was perfect. He didn't deserve the punishment that He went through, but that's really important because it means that because He's God, because He has an incredible value, He can come and He can die for the sins of the world. And He took that pain, He took that suffering, He took that punishment upon Himself. The King taking punishment for His people. Jesus taking our place so that we may walk free, forgiven and whole. A way to no longer live imprisoned and bound, shackled and trapped, but to walk with the fullness of life, freedom, hope for your future and eternity in heaven and peace right now. I'll read you one final verse. It's in Matthew chapter one, verse 23. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. If you hear one thing today, hear this. That even though it may feel like it, God is not distant from you. God, in fact, is just one prayer away from entering your life. And when he says God is with us, it's important because we need to know that God is with us, not just when we're having a good day, but also when we're having a bad one. God is with us in our messiness. He's with us in our brokenness. It says he came for us while we were still sinners. And often I think we feel like we need to get our life in order, in order to present ourselves as perfect and holy and deserving towards God. But God never came looking for people like that. All He came looking for was people that would already realize that there was sin in their life and that they couldn't do it in their own strength. And God extends a hand out and He says, come with me, we'll walk this together. I'm going to pray a prayer in a moment. As I finish my message, I want to extend an invitation out to you. Maybe you've never had to consider responding to this before. Maybe you've done it before, but if you're to be honest, life's just happened and you've drifted away from God. Well, the good news is still good news for you. One prayer away from asking God for forgiveness and having confidence and certainty that He will and the surprising, exciting future that lays right in front of you. I'm gonna invite everyone just to close their eyes where they are.